0: Lori Kennedy, a myth, a memory, a legend. We surveyed her teenage years through an SLR camera, anxiously awaiting her ratchet arrival to another nameless Los Angeles party. We watched her tongue change colors, orange to blue, from various cans of Spark alcoholic energy drinks. She trampled around parties and beat up flats and cut off jean shorts. The effortless glamour of Edie Sedgwick with the uncanny candidness of a Marilyn Monroe. Rolling around the grasses of backyards of Los Angeles. Hotel poolside launches. A Jeremy Scott show. Endlessly not looking at the camera, and then suddenly, as if the world completely stopped still, locking eyes with you, and only you. You couldn't help but wonder, how did she get into this party, and how the hell can I get there too? This is part two of the Corey Kennedy story, our first internet hit girl. we don't care about the young folks, talking about the young
1: growing up in LA like I don't think it's really funny to because I think I felt I feel like I was like I never felt that cool in high school um like I had my friends but I would like watch all this stuff happening online from a distance and I was like me party no (laughs) like it took me until I was truly in college to really ever like party at all so I definitely was like this was so peripheral to me. And even now, like, I, I mean, I'm just, like, talking about myself. But, like, now even, I don't, I don't, none of my friends really, like, went into the industry. Really? None of them. No, they all work at, like, museums. Or, like, I don't, they're just, like, different jobs. Different Interesting. Jobs. But it's funny. I, yeah, I definitely had a more, like, witness feeling towards Corey Kennedy like it just that never felt accessible well
2: I felt I not to but like I think there's there's such a class division that's another thing where it's Mm -hmm. like I felt like a witness to Corey Kennedy because I didn't have parents that I didn't have money to throw down for drugs eh? a I didn't have a constitution that was made to stay up all the time I just never have I couldn't get rides sometimes to parties. That was a nightmare. Rides? Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. Because, honey, by the way, while I was going to school on fucking in Santa Monica, honey's, I was living in Highland Park.
1: Right. Yeah, that's
2: a trap. That's insane. So it's like I would have to stay if I wanted to party, I would have to stay at someone's house for like five days. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That was the vibe
3: of the valley kind of, too. Totally. You,
2: we have a mutual friend in
1: Jack Levinson.
2: Yes, yes. Love and Jack Levinson. he
1: did a genius thing in high school. He went to Oakwood with me, and he did a genius thing in high school, which was called the Jaxi, which was he would drive you home anywhere, but you would have to pay him, like, 20 bucks. And I'm pretty sure he, like... Did something crazy like so paid like for a little follow- bit of his college through doing this. Oh, what? He invented it was, Uber. It was genius. He invented Uber, but he was a one man Uber.
2: It it was yeah. like even if you were and like what you were saying, Martha. Like even if you were like in it, if you were living in Santa Monica, if you had rich parents, yeah. if you could buy drugs, if you could do whatever, you yeah. were always witnessing Cory Kennedy because that is she true. maybe that yeah, was her. We bore witness. Because she was setting oh. the scene. You were following her lead. It was not it was not your world to create. It was her it was yeah. it was her world and you were just living in it. And it's like and that's the it girl. And so. that's the it girl. And also it's like, by the way, it's like, okay, so she's dating Mark the Cobra Snake from two thousand five yeah. to for one year, essentially, to the end to two thousand six. Mm-hmm. So literally, when am I it's like I literally... What is it? It's like we were chasing after her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's literally that literal. We were chasing after yeah. her ex-boyfriend. Yes. So it's like, I don't... It's it's an insane imprint on my mm. whole, li- life.
0: <laughs> whole yeah. life. It's
2: my whole life. I think it's interesting.
1: I I like... This kept coming up for me thinking about Corey Kennedy was, I know I said 80s before, but like how much she to me resembles Patti Smith and resembles a similar, I think, instinct stylistically. I, I really do kind of think that the post-recession It Girl, and I guess she wasn't, she was pre-recession, so I'm going to say mid-2000s It Girl was doing something along the lines of what the punk movement was trying to do as well in terms of the scene and in terms of the aesthetic like i think like i was reading have you ever read please kill me Mm -hmm. okay the like (laughs) yeah please kill me it's it's basically just like an oral history of punk and every single blurb in that book is people being like we went to Max's." Then we went to CBGB's. And then we went to his house. And then, but you know where we didn't go is we didn't go to his house anymore. And I was like, that's exactly what I feel like was happening in the mid to late 2000s was this, like, putting a premium on the idea of showing up in the right places based on, like, privileged information that you were getting from people.
2: And I think the Cobra Snake contributed to that. There's this really fascinating... Um, there's this really fascinating interview with it's one of the only interviews with the Corey uh with the Corey with the Cobra Snake and with Corey Kennedy. And it's interview it's an interview outside of the Jeremy Scott um two thousand six or seven, two thousand seven Jeremy Scott fashion show, which at the time Jeremy Scott was exclusively showing in LA as like a fuck you to the fashion industry, oh, because yeah, as yeah. we remember, and I and I credit this to Instagram. Before Instagram, LA was uh, not cool, <laughs> and um, <laughs> no. and LA has always felt right. second rate to New York. And when you grow right. up in LA, all right. you want to do is get the fuck out of LA and go to New York, That's and New York. yeah, exactly. A- exactly, exactly the way fucking Corey Kennedy did. And yeah. so it's like it was not cool to go to L.A. and by the and I stand by yeah. that. And everyone who recently just fucking moved to L.A. like L.A. is lame, and it's yeah. uh, supposed Correct. to be, and that's what it's there to do. So don't right. think you're so cool. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> me being like a regionalist. <laughs> yes. Tell them, um, Tell the Caitlin but and anyway, this are living in L.A. Well, <laughs> yeah, I would i lo- I mean i literally obviously i'm obsessed with la i think about la i, I should get paid to think about la because it's no, all yeah, i do we're
1: but i like the point about coolness i think coolness is a crucial element to this whole thing
2: i totally uh, agree yeah. with you and i think this is like a good like condo like a transition into that because this interview is so fascinating you can see it on youtube um it's uh mark Hunter the Cobra Snake and Corey Kennedy, who is like ostensibly mute during the entire interview. And it's Mark Hunter talking the entire time uh, being interviewed by Mickey from paper magazine. Who is like, if you don't know who Mickey from paper magazine is uh, get a, I mean, it's, he's like, he's essential. He's like, he started paper magazine. So he um, is interviewing the Cobra Snake and is sort of like prodding him to say, You know, like, Mickey's gay, so it's, like, he's prodding him to say, like, double entendre shit about his, like, penis or whatever. And Corey's completely mute. She's 16, whatever, and they're both wearing Jeremy Scott. Uh, Cobra Snake is wearing the French fry sweater, and she's wearing a dress that's spandex, and I can't tell what the print is. Um And... Suddenly they're talking to Mickey and they're having sort of just like a banal conversation. And it's very evocative of Andy Warhol, actually, because it's so crazy how... Because then suddenly, who enters frame... (laughs) I'm so excited to introduce this (laughs) element to it. Oh, who enters frame to the Jeremy Scott fucking fashion show outside the Jeremy Scott fashion show, but none other than... None other than Jeffrey Star, who at the time, no
1: Jeffree gonna... Star,
2: yes, yeah. no. because at the time Jeffrey Star was oh still Jeffrey Star was still My MySpace famous. Girl, <laughs> Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey wow. Star like was just there being a MySpace person, and Jeffrey Star is like in this blonde wig. Yep. You know, is like looking ostensibly, and my my first my first feeling is Jeffrey Star looks like Candy Darling, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, 5%. from the factory, yeah. and Jeffrey Star is like saying yeah. some banal yeah. shit, and yeah. Mark the Cobra Snake is saying some banal shit, and like Mickey's saying like really intensely witty stuff, um. Mm. And, like, really trying to prod them, you know? And God, I wish I saw that. And it's, like, yeah. he's really trying to prod them into a conversation and, like, he can't do it. And they have nothing to say. But- Mickey was trying to prod them to say something outrageous. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't Definitely. do it. He couldn't do it and how he interviews how he interviews them he he ends the end of the interview and is like oh I feel nauseous you fucking perverts like trying to end it like a you know like divine wood and like this John Waters sign off and he can't do it because it's just Jeffree Star looking like oh like hey darlings it's me Jeffree Star and then it's like Mark you know it's like Cobra Snake being like uh, yeah that's funny and then it's like mute <laughs> it's like mute Corey Kennedy and it's like wow like now this is what happens when la attempts to cosplay new york this is the perfect example are you saying
1: that like it's the it's the lack of
2: charisma or well it's the, it's the lack like the of chat it's the lack the of lack a, of chat of, of like talking of like yeah. of being like you know like being sort of like on the street and like making jokes and dramatic and it's like when Mm -hmm. they were faced with like lights camera action mickey from new york paper magazine legend new yorker (laughs) you know what i mean and they're like oh it's mickey it's mickey it's from paper oh my god
0: you know and And then they're
2: just they can't handle it and it's like that is the biggest la thing it's like that's what LA ha- that's what happens when L.A. tries to be New York. When L.A.'s when like, let's do Andy Warhol. It's like, they can't
1: keep up. But
2: that's the thing is, I feel
1: like Andy Warhol, like, those screen tests that he did, I'm like, I'm sorry. I hate, like, I was like, I hate these. What am I watching? I'm watching, I feel like I'm watching some, like, in-jokes. No, of course. I feel like course. there really isn't a lot of... No, But, but I'm if,
2: interested. But if you... Yeah. But if you read, like, if, if you read, like, Hollywood Lawn, for example, mm-hmm. or Jackie oh, Curtis, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or okay. Candy Those Darling even, these were fucking yeah. women they they were and dra- drag queens that, and, and Viva and Bridget, yeah. um, you know, it's like, these people were dishing insults out, chronically, yeah. That was their thing. That's what was cachet. If you read the philosophy of fucking Andy Warhol, it's like jokes on jokes on jokes. He like it yeah, reads like that is true. It reads like fucking like Rodney Dangerfield. Like it's insane. You know what I mean? Is
1: that do you think that's why Corey Kennedy never quite broke New York? Yeah. our our generation. Yeah, just there was something about her sort of lackadaisical charm that was really only in Los Angeles could only be in LA that's really interesting I wonder because I was I think something that I said again while we were talking on zoom before is that like my immediate theory on that is that kids who grew up in New York City were already they were like living lives yeah it feels like they were not to say that we were not but there's something I think about the like sprawl of Los Angeles and like you were saying sort of the suburban Mm -hmm
2: yeah biggest suburb yeah
1: yeah. it's just I think New York City people that I talk to about their childhoods I'm like there's just something about it that seemed so like mythical and exciting and it felt very sort of self-contained whereas LA it's like you're constantly sort of like we've talked about you're constantly sort of like watching other people you're never quite in the center of it because
3: Mm, there's no center center.
2: yeah exactly well
1: there's something about
3: there's something about like being in the center of it and knowing that you're in the center of it. And then being in a place where you're like, I'm in the suburb, even if we're not in the suburbs, like being in this place of like
1: aspiration.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and
1: LA is very aspirational. Right.
2: Well, it's also, it's like, it's like, I remember, uh, when I started auditioning in New York, and you just go to the buildings i i I know that that's so stupid to say but it's like and anytime (laughs) i go to la i have to check in at gates i roll into a gated thing i you know it's like it's like things are behind walls literal gates literal gates and fortresses it's like it, it, auditioning alone in LA and New York is different. You go from on New York, you go mm-hmm. from the street inside of a building. It's like, and then right. you're at the audition. Whereas, like in LA, it's like you're driving, and then you have to get into a gate to another gate. You have you to have turn to right. Park. You have to park. Yeah, right. You're you're in a studio, which is a, by the way yeah. a military fort. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like, it's like, no, it's literally, yeah. even though I the studio, I mean, the, the lot, anytime I get to go on a lot, oh my gosh. We love
0: it's, a lot. No, I mean,
2: my first television yeah. gig, I I was, it was shot on the Paramount yeah. lot. I thought I was going to die. You know, it's like, there, it's uh, there's like, yeah, what you're saying is there's no there's no there there. In LA, there's no there there. I
1: don't think that, that's about Oakland, I don't think. But yeah, there's no there there.
2: In terms that's of right, like, no. where do you go? where's mr where's the guy in charge i don't know and i think (laughs) you know (laughs) like it's like where do you go for a job i
1: don't know i mean yeah we were caitlin and i were like talking about this right before we got on like being someone who tried or who like wants to write for television all the meetings that i had right when i got out of college it was like and maybe I don't know if this is exclusive to LA or this is any industry that you want to break into but like the way that people would talk to me was like well I think what you need to do is sell a pilot that's it and it was like just wall right up and nobody's you know nobody's telling and I think you just get I don't know yeah you just get used to that really quickly yeah
2: you do and you get like paranoid yeah and it's Paranoia,
1: but with the sheen of everything's chill.
2: Yeah, everything's fine. Totally, and it's like every LA kid I know has a very specific type of anxiety because of that. Because it's like, <laughs> because it's like we, it, 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 the best thing that ever happened to my fucking mental health is when I just started confronting people. And just started saying, oh, like, yeah. go oh, fuck yeah, yourself. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, being yeah. living in yeah. New York has been the biggest therapy for me. Because I was just like, I don't have to be opaque anymore. I don't have to be, like, That's esoteric. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's like, I don't have to pretend that we're all protecting the Wizard of Oz. And it's like, yeah. and there right. is, like, an aspect to... Again, like Corey Kennedy, being this like icon of surveillance culture, it's it yeah. it allows you being in LA. And this is why I say this too, is like the advent of this social media it girl and also the MySpace it girl, the the first internet celebrity, Paris Hilton, as well. It had to be in LA because LA trains you to shut up and smile. You know what I mean?
1: I know. It's something I'm working against every day. It's
2: like it's like all of my friends in New York wouldn't let a strange man take their picture.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that why the cover snake has like not gotten any traction? Like that is
2: Yeah. That is I think I I think so. Just because it's like because being discovered. Being discovered. Being discovered mm-hmm. And learning how to keep your mouth shut and it's like the answer's never given to you and you just have to sort of wait for it and it's like it's like what else is there to do that's no, like that is, it that's like that's, that's that's training a person to shut yeah. up and smile i mean that's literally what it's training or to be just like photographed and just like this is me
0: yeah
2: you know like this is oh my hair like because it's like you have no agent. It's, like, it's so easy as a yeah. teenager in in L.A. to just feel like you have no agency. No agency, no agency. over your life. Well,
3: that's You, know? t- you
2: can't so, even get a ride home. If yeah. If you
3: think about, like, the rise of American apparel, like, in kind of this parallel thing of, like, the Cobra Snake phenomenon and then the rise of American apparel, like, it's, like, the fact that American Apparel was one of the first brands to be like, we're not going to Photoshop. Like, we're going to call attention to the economy in this way of like, we're not going to use sweatshop labor. Like, it's going to be made in the U.S. Wait, well, like, we
1: are, but it's going to be our sweatshop. We are, but it's going
3: to be our <laughs> sweatshop. And, and and we are going to call attention to to all of this kind of, This whole kind of brand of consumerism where it's like, we're not going to Photoshop people's pubic hair or we're like, we're not going to let like we're made in L.A. or whatever. It's kind of this like weird signifier of like ethical consumption. And so they they did this weird thing where it's like we are acknowledging that and then overcoming it. And then the fact that, like, everyone I know that's, like, worked in American... Like, Deb Charney turned out to be, like, a huge pedophile or whatever. But it's, like, turned out. Worked in American Apparel was, like, a whole psycho thing. It's, like, it turned out that it was, like, even this thing that we thought that we were ethically consuming was really fucked up. Like, that was kind of an emblem of that Obama era of, like, we are turning our attention to this thing and we think we're making it better but then ultimately it is just as problematic as like everything else that's happened and i mean you know and then the i i just feel like the rise of american apparel and the rise of cobra snake yeah so like parallel in that i way. feel like they
1: they i feel like the american apparel photography to me, was directly inspired by the colors. directly inspired I it was the same thing exactly
3: like the flash like no Photoshop but flash like we want to see everyone's mm-hmm. pubes like whatever <laughs> you know whatever it was
2: big on the pubes yeah. for you big on the pubes
0: big on
3: the like <laughs> you know beauty mark whatever And it's like I mean not kind of in a weird way predated this, what, what we're suffering through now, which is the Instagram, like, extra, <laughs> we're suffering, oh, yeah, suffering, suffering through it. Yeah, we are suffering through it, The extreme, uh, that it's a radical act to not Photoshop yourself, right? It's like a radical act to, you know, live in this world where you're, like, candid about what your body really looks like. Like, that is but a that's radical funny. thing. I think that's newer. And before it was more like it's indie? I don't know. Yeah, or just, like,
2: we're at the party and this is what people actually look like. These are the people we're actually hanging out with. This is actually what it's happening. it was a weird commodity
3: to look fucked up. It was a weird commodity to, like, look disheveled. It was a weird commodity to have your mascara running. But it was also, at that time, it was a weird thing of, like, this transactional situation where it was, like, you can look strung out. You can look fucked up. You can look whatever as long as you were skinny. Like, that was kind of a thing. Like, if you're skinny, like, you can be ugly. If you're skinny, you can look strung out. If you're skinny, I think- you can be a mess. Whatever. It was kind of this weird transaction of, like... Which I think played into the pro Anna Tumblr,
2: but hipsterdom lovely. was obsessed with authenticity. That was a huge thing. Yeah, that it was that
3: was what I wanted. To that it was too.
2: authenticity yes. with a cheeky sense of irony. So it's like with yeah. with. With American Apparel comes a sense of authenticity that it wasn't that it was we are showing who we're actually hanging out with. And that was the brilliance of the American Apparel model, especially covertly hiding sexual abuse, because it's like speaking as a former American Apparel employee. um, Yes. I was chosen as a teenager because I sent my headshot or whatever into American Apparel to be photographed and chosen because they chose people on how you looked. So it and it was like about authenticating a brand, a look, an aesthetic and a realness that was, quote unquote, created in Los Angeles. So it was it was also authentically a Los Angeles aesthetic. So I and that like also covertly hid sexual abuse, I think, like in plain sight, because it's like, oh, you're picking girls out to work at your stores. Like, that's, I mean, yeah. but also most retail companies do that. But what, you know, it was, like, a thing. It was a, it was an open yeah. joke, you know what I mean, that you would line up outside of an American apparel and, like, 15-year-olds would be, like, yes, no, yes, no, like, chorus line casting <laughs> couch, you know what I mean? Which also then, like, renders you, you know, like, it also renders, yeah. like, you know, like, it gives you a purpose, you know? Yeah. Like, as a teenager, it literally gives you a purpose. Like, where you're, like, not only can you get photographed by the cobra snake, but you can also get a job from American Apparel. Then you can also, like, haul your ass to American Apparel and get a job from the way you look, too. These are just some thoughts (laughs) about that, where it was, like... No, no, I'm really interested
1: in the, like... It's... Because it keeps coming up for me that, like, well, Corey Kennedy was 16... You were sort of scouted for American Apparel when you were a teenager. And like they were hiding it, you were saying, like hiding in plain sight that they, there was some sexual abuse going on with girls who were, if not underage, like being sourced because they looked like it. Yeah. Right. And it's so funny to me. I'm like, that aesthetic to me feels like, I mean, it's never been out of fashion to fetishize youth, but that specific. That's kind the of next sort of thing to
2: go, by the way. Wastrel. You think youth is out? <laughs> I think uh, this is like me being like really Cassandra and very hopeful. But I think this whole conversation yeah. and obsession oh, with with
0: with,
2: with like pedophilia on both sides of like the far left and the far right. With That's really on, what I wanted to say. It's interesting. It's like the obsession with pedophilia. It's like, oh, then yeah. we're gonna take then we're gonna like tackle ageism next. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, like, what... No, I think you're right. Like, like, I think
1: it's out of... I think it truly is. Like, if you look at the people whose bodies we sort of aspire to, I think it's a lot of indications toward, like, womanhood. It's, like, butts. You know what I mean? It's, like, uh, having boobs and butts, I think, is back whereas boobs and butts were not in in the like late 2000s mid 2000s totally
2: I mean I think um, it's like an unconscious yeah. thing that's happening but like I do sure, think we course. have to I think ageism is like the last is like a major taboo we the have last to frontier. I think so and no, everybody can't shut up about pedophiles so it has to be next I mean I that's the thing is that
3: like why do men love teens so much like I don't know
1: well, because they're they afraid of teens? dying. Obviously, they're afraid of they're death. They all dying. I, I mean, or like,
3: yeah, that was, I was very
0: 2010.
3: Though, like, they loved a teen. Loved a teen.
1: I think but that it was everyone's this, always like, loved a teen. There was a podcast that Jacobin did where this guy was talking about how, like, the way that we are scared for children is has, I think, changed with. I think it, at the same pace as media. Yes. So the yes. more that we're given access to, like, like the twenty-four hour news cycle, all of a sudden we were scared of children being kidnapped.
2: Right. Yes.
1: And now that there's sort of like the the eight chan and the four chan, the QAnon and, is like, and... the QAnon. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. All of a sudden now we have this, and it's like giving this illusion of access to like the highest positions mm. in government. And it's like the almost the more access we think we have via media to like. I guess power or each other it's like the more scared we become for children and their exposure does that make sense I don't I don't quite have a full theory here but I'm wondering if like I
2: don't know I'm just wondering of the crossover I mean yeah. I mean like this is me being like super jungian analyst over here please,
1: please do, do. Yeah, please yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> but please. it's like a, an obsession with the child with in simultaneity to the progression of communication and media is like literally, literally representing protecting yourself from an inundation yeah, yeah, of, of communication. So it's like, so it's like in the fifties yes. and the nuclear family and the television and the like boy girl. And dyna- it's like, if we go from the television to social media, we're just asking, we identify with the, we want to be protected we want to be protected we feel like there is a government conspiracy against us and that's mm-hmm. why i'm saying it's like the q on the conspiracy that is right wing that was birthed from the left wing actually rings true yeah. to a liberation of socialism it doesn't do you know what i mean yes. like of social yeah. welfare not necessarily socialism yes. but social welfare because yeah. we're asking to be taken care of because we're obsessed with kids what the fuck you know what i mean no, we're we're scared for our own. Our lives. own, and it's like not to be it. again, like not to be om shakalaka, yeah. like Jungian over here. But it's like, yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is literally a direct like protecting yeah. inner child shit. I mean, it
1: was like how Area Fifty One was. Area Fifty One was about actually like liberating the. The border camps, right? I saw that theory circulating, and I believe it. Right. Like, we're actually asking.
2: We're help. help. Yes. It's yeah. like the American fascination with the children right. lost. It's like, yeah, because our, our inner child is crushed. And our dreams <laughs> are yes. crushed. They need help. And we they have need- been kidnapped.
3: Yeah. But- <laughs> No, exactly. You know what?
2: I've been kidnapped. Well, that's... Oh, that's All of so our dreams have been kidnapped. And if you I find... Mean, and if you find the the weird QAnon people I do know that are, like, leftist, Ooh, so left... Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? That are so left that they go yeah. into QAnon?
3: So left that they're QAnon, of course. Yeah, They're... Yeah.
2: Their inner child, tri- like, the inner child thing is, like, a real thing for them. All I'm saying, that's just mm-hmm. what I have <laughs> to say. You're like, I'm not naming names. And I'm not naming names, but that's all I have to say. But it's, like, it's, it's a direct, and, like, the thing with the, the youth obsession is that, you know, yeah. the, the youth is wasted on the young. Our youth obsession is just yeah. that, um, is that we need to relive our youth we because we, we must go back.
1: So, I'm, but I'm trying to see if there is a thread between us being obsessed with a very specific kind of youth, which I would say is like very
2: white, very right, skinny, right,
1: right, very sort of like Christian F. heroin chic, totally, white. yeah, specific
2: and to like, Corey, yeah, specific to Corey, specific to Corey, yes, and, and like American Apparel, yes. Well, yeah. that's
3: what's
1: also what was going like, on.
3: That's what's also interesting about that era of like I. We've all brought this up at this point, but like
2: this,
0: <laughs>
3: this uh kind of myth of authenticity. Uh-huh. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. as right.
2: though it's sorry, not to interject, but uh, it's yeah. not only about photoshopping the bodies. It's about selling a real yeah. shirt. The thing about American Apparel is like they sold right. plain clothes. Oh, that, the it, basics. They were right. basics. The thing about
3: American Apparel also was that their marketing campaign was very... Kind of like the Gwyneth Paltrow thing of, like, we had a party where no one wore makeup, and, like, everyone still looked amazing. Like, it's like, we are throwing this party where we're not photoshopping, but people still look hot. And, right, it's, like, this notion of, like, the real, or, like, the authentic. And I think that, like, the, the indie era really... Proliferated this idea of real, authentic, whatever. And I think that it, like, apart from image and uh, aesthetics, like, there also was this idea of, like, what was cool, quote unquote, in the indie era was not just um, current music, but it was what was excavated from history and then brought to the forefront like like in order to be like a cool quote-unquote person like cool in the 60s or 70s like evolved from this idea of being politically radical and then in the 2000s and 2010s which we're talking about now it was basically like alluding to the ability to excavate something from history and bring it to the forefront. So like it wasn't just cool to like be anti-police or whatever. It was cool <laughs> to go to a thrift store and find a shirt that it was, was cool it was cool to know. It was cool to be acting as the curator to repurpose clothes, music, books, whatever into the present moment um and so mm-hmm. it it was like this this thing of where the repurposing of the image was what gave it meaning and what gave it this like indexed like label of like cool cool
1: i think you know it's interesting thinking about that and like i'm just thinking about like the cobra snake and What that looked like. Like all of these things are about, it's, it now becomes more, you're, it's less being told where to look and you're giving more, you've been given more choice of what to look at. Uh And so it becomes about the skill of the consumer to choose the right thing. Right. And so Uh the more depth you are at that, the better you are at being cool, I guess. And engaging with the cultural capital of the late 2000s. -2000s.
3: Totally.
2: It was about Mm -hmm. being a wise consumer, for sure. I agree with that. Totally, totally.
3: Wise, but also, like, principled in this way of, like... I mean, like, if we use a microcosm of, like, what everything... What was happening? The guys that I wanted to impress... Were the guys that, like, knew the very obscure, like, B-sides of whatever band, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the guys that had the obscure thrifted jackets that had the whatever. Like, it was, like, this commodity of, um, I mean, scarcity, but, like, curated scarcity. Where it was, like, you were, you acted as the curator of your own life to, like, the, I mean, I, I wrote some notes about, like, irony and, like, how <laughs> that kind of played into, like, people's, like, thrift store finds or whatever, but it was, like, ultimately, like, that was the cultural capital.
2: You know what I mean? Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it was, like, about how you could find the most random thing. It wasn't about, like, right. jokes. Again, like, back to this, like, New York versus right. L.A. thing. It mm-hmm. wasn't about, like, a clever inside joke. It was about something, like, wearing something totally random. That was, like, right. that right. was, like, right. oh, that's, like, a crazy phrase where it's, like, the the kids <laughs> I knew in New York yeah. had, like, cultures that were, like, referencing each other. And, like, they would wear right. lyrics of their favorite song and whoever get yeah. saw the song on their shirt knew it's like in LA that wasn't happening as much it was like oh whoa this is a crazy vintage tea and it's totally random like it's like <laughs> you know what I mean like it was like the cachet of like yeah of like of literally like um repurposing actual trash uh,
3: <laughs> yes no exactly and that is I mean when I was thinking about, like, how to situate that in terms of, like, a cultural right. moment. Like, I was thinking about the f- film, like, Versions by Oliver Larrick, where it was basically like, the the thesis of that film is that, like, there there is an original image and then in our current uh, image culture it becomes, like, there's one image and then it becomes uh, reappropriated. In ter- like, you can think of it in, in terms of Twitter. It's like there's one mm. image and then it becomes reappropriated. It's a meme, exactly. Like, it becomes this thing that's funny and this thing that's funny and this thing that's funny. And it kind of, uh, the, the interpretations of the image succeed the original image
2: Mm, and so mm -hmm, that mm -hmm.
3: is i mean i think that that happened in the american apparel era that happened in the cobra I, i mean that happened in the cobra snake era even if we're going towards like our own personal experience like i just being a high school student in the cobra snake era like if we had a cobra snake photo You would have to repost it or (laughs) refashion it in this way where it was, like, you are indicating that, like, I realize that there is this cultural implication, but I'm also taking an ironic stance on it. Like, I think that that is the, quote, hipster kind of interpretation of, like, it wasn't just, like, you couldn't just earnestly say, like, oh, I'm super psyched. I know you couldn't you you could not like you would you would have to repurpose and reinterpret it in this way where there was a signifier of self-awareness and there was a signifier of our place in the cultural kind of um of whatever the (laughs) fuck it is like whatever it's like you would you have to repost it with some self-awareness and that was like the beginning of that. And, 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 and from that point, that's how it's been. Like, you know, in the Instagram generation, in the Facebook generation, because before that, it was very earnest. Like MySpace, our engagement, our engagement with MySpace, like it was very earnest.
2: Right, right. I
1: think we're right back. I have to say, I feel like Gen Z is I believe that they are sincere.
2: No, yeah. Us. And that's the brilliance of TikTok, right? Like yeah, that exactly. That's like what we like about it. Is like they're they're like actually crystallizing really specific feelings and emotions that aren't mm. aren't shrouded in irony at all and are like this yeah. is my mom being a bitch. Mm, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's like you're in their houses all the time and they're not doing glamorous things. The Gen Zs, like, aren't yeah, about, sorry. like, at they're at home and they're doing, they're, like, making tinfoil. Yeah. It's like, I can't even imagine, like, what it's like to be in high school now.
3: Oh my God, that that's really interesting because so much of my life was spent trying to, like, offset the fact that like I lived with my mother and it was like I'm in high school like I am 16 years old like of course I live with my mom but still culturally like so much of my uh, so much of my energy was spent being like what like I don't live mom. my mom doesn't like my mom doesn't have any say over what I do or whatever it was like this weird effort to like obscure the obvious circumstances of our existence where it was like were 16 like of course you know and I think that that's what goes back to Cory Kennedy was that she had this weird kind of like nebulous effect of like she was 15 or 16 and yet she didn't have to report back to anyone or like she didn't have to account for who she was or whatever it was like she was this weird autonomous creature and that's definitely what I wanted. To achieve when I was in my teens, totally. You know, I, I wish I was just like emancipated, where I like didn't have to worry about my mom knowing about me doing drugs, or like I didn't have to worry about anything. Like I can just do whatever the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want. Being and that emancipated was, like, a was
1: cultural so cool. Capital, yeah, exactly. It was cool to be emancipated. I don't exactly. I was like, because that's what. starlets did that's what
2: starlets did and that was the other thing is like cory kennedy was like a high schooler right before the recession yeah so it's like her life could have been that's the thing is like the millennials got really fucked and like we can't (laughs) lose sight of that you know in this like gen z millennial conversation in terms of like gen z they're not expecting much and, and we were, were. and we were we were expecting so much i was in middle school and i was trying to fucking be cory kennedy <laughs> and little did i know that the recession was rearing its head in two years and i would be capsized and Corey kennedy would be capsized she would yeah. move to
1: London and come back and
2: uh, and want to get back in the game as we all did. That's the thing. Is but she there was no also game. fell into
3: obscurity, yeah. right? Yeah. She
2: fell into obscurity, like getting paychecks from Nylon yeah. ma- Magazine and like doing DJ gigs. It's like what? Corey Kennedy's a uh, corporate uh, DJ. If you told my thirteen year old self that, I would have shot myself in the head. Yeah, <laughs> I would have just been like, no, I'm, she would, you'd I'm you'd gone. But 100%. and that's like why the yeah. Gen Zs can be realer, and that why the millennials are so dorky and stupid and out of touch, and we're so annoying. We are, yeah. I know, because we were it's- totally raped of actually embracing childhood.
1: It is sad. I mean I was gonna say I think it's what a tragic thing for teenagers that being ironic
2: was cool. Yes, exactly. When we, were we were never growing up. We were never allowed to just be our dorky selves <sighs> and like Gen Z is about being your dorky self. That's why I pursued improv comedy because they said let me get my child." You got back. to.
1: Do you think then to sort of go back to making the same hmm like similar to uh thinking of the child as yourself were we in some way just trying to grasp at some kind of authenticity uh with the little that we had
2: that we were like "Hmm." like what how do you mean like we were what like how do you feel like we were trying to grasp that authenticity (laughs)
1: Well, I'm just thinking about, like, because there was such a premium put on being cool and on what you could choose to make yourself stand out, because that's what it became about. I think we moved from, like, a kind of homogeny style-wise to, like, how hyper-individualistic can you get? And it's, like...
2: In a way, yeah. yeah, But even the hyper-individualistic
3: was still repurposing things that already existed, like I'm, I'm thinking about like, I mean, just me in high school. It's like even the hyper individualistic was like, who could rediscover the B side of the Velvet Underground? Blah blah blah, blah, blah whatever. It's like it was still, it was not creative or uh, it was not creative. It was curatorial. Like it was still, who could discover this thing?
1: Maybe it was a sense that...
3: That was what lent itself to the, like, you know, that was what maybe was the I mean, signifier of authenticity. Anyway, yeah,
1: continue. Okay, maybe, because I sometimes I say things and I'm, you know, not sure, but, like, maybe what I mean is this sense that, uh, like, this sense that we were not going to get to be generators of anything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like this almost like pre sent <laughs> This prescience that Post- we we're not going to be able to
2: w- wow of our own. Wow. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's too far, but I think it's fun. No, I don't think like... that's too far. I think that that is because like I
3: mean, since we were in college and blah, 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 whatever, it's like we have been... Uh, absorbing this narrative of, like, we are post-historical.
1: And then we ended up in a pandemic. Uh,
3: Yeah, totally. Like,
1: the way that we
3: uh, curate identities in response to our global kind of, like, crisis or whatever, it's like, we if we're in a post-historical society, like, it makes a ton of sense that we are just repurposing things and trying to do a new spin on. Like it 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 makes more sense through the lens of the uh, of like we are opposed to story. Well, I you know I, I, mean?
2: I was thinking about this today because I was in line to early vote in New York City. <laughs> Gorgeous. God bless you. Thank you. And it was a very long line and yeah. it was raining. And I was listening oh, to this cinematic. I know I was <laughs> listening to this Charlie Manson biography on my phone. And I texted my best friend and I was like, I'm standing in the rain, waiting to vote, listening to a Charlie Manson biography. Uh, All the humiliation we've ever felt of being a teenager, teenager forever is actually just being an American citizen. And it was like, (laughs) and then I was like, being an American citizen is to be a teenager forever. And I, and I was like that's the feeling of being a millennial but maybe maybe it's like a feeling of being an American just in terms of like if there is no safety net all you have is aspiration and the crushing of that aspiration all you have is hope and fantasy and the realization that the fantasy won't happen and that is I don't know and like in terms of you're talking about reappropriating images and it never being earnest I don't know, I feel like that's really like a product of not to be like so poli sci. I'm not poli sci at all, but like no, that is not. that is really a product of a lack of social welfare because we only have images to reappropriate because when financial sectors restrict or deplete so rapidly, like in depressions or recessions, less risks are taken. So we only have the past to reference because we can't actually generate new images because the risk cannot be taken because of financial instability. And then you double down on a conservative A conservative, you double down on the conservative austerity or whatever's safest until we can go back up again and take a risk. But that bipolar high and low would only breed, and also like post 9-11, would only breed a constant re-referencing that's interesting. That and we, an obsession with the past and the obsession with history. Yeah, you know nostalgia. Whatever. And trying to yeah. figure out the keys. Because it's like Which is what we're doing right now. Right now. <laughs> it's what we're doing right now. And that's the thing. It was like I was Literally. I was in line to vote listening to this amazing book called Chaos about Charlie Manson and the sixties. Um and then I was like, I'm just yeah. reviewing the same information endlessly and i'm waiting to vote it's like it's like what the fuck like i've been obsessed with charlie it's manson not not. my whole life and here i am i'm listening also, to- like
1: that brings up because this is why i also think that this decade corresponds with the 70s because I, as i listened to a marion williamson interview on slay slay slay
2: gorge we love i mean we love her and love she's a her. genius she's my I this? can't do wait I for this? that Third party bitch cannot. Did wait I tell you that
3: Marianne? Did I tell you that Marianne Williamson officiated my sister's wedding? Stop!
1: Isn't that iconic? Well, they're going to be married forever. She's blessed them.
2: Actually,
3: uh, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent.
1: But she was like my sister's like spiritual
3: guru, and she like officiated their wedding. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> was, like, I like favorite. literally can't
2: even process that. No, I'm it was really like, like was.
3: my favorite, like fact about my family well
2: I want a transcript oh, like, of the like, speech okay. I want to know what she said yes, yes I want to hear okay. what she um, I, every Google, yeah. second I want to hear what she has to say <laughs> uh, I, know.
1: I, I will go on the that. patreon
2: yes yes
1: uh, the uh but what did she say she said something really genius which was like um the she was like everyone gets mad at fucking boomers or for the hippie movement because they didn't quite finish what they started was like this huge sort of protest that never went anywhere. And then, and she says, but you don't understand, like Martin Luther King was shot. Like the Kent State shootings happened. It was like all of a sudden. Kent State happened. All yeah. of a sudden we were, it was proven to us that like, if you tried to fight back, people were going to die and it yeah. petered out. And then you get the seventies where it's people being like, okay, my risk is Hattie Smith and I'm going to read poetry at the St. Mark's. Fucking poetry reading. We're turning in, and we're that's all I have. And I think that's the exact same
2: thing. And I'm gonna be like into the decay and into the bankrupt New York yeah. City, like in the hypernormalization thing that you guys were mentioning. Yeah, exactly. And also to that fact, ironically, like yeah. I believe that Charlie Manson is the like we wouldn't have credit cards without Charlie Manson. <laughs> wait, that's my hot wait, take. Say more. <laughs> because say he. More so many assassinations and it still wouldn't stop movements and they needed to prove mm. that the call came from inside of the house so the whole theory i believe and this has been oh slightly God. proven that charlie manson was a psyop yeah yeah that Wait,
3: no i didn't been, know this no that's been this? kind of proven yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. made to destroy Whoa. the left and the counterculture we were, t- culture we movement were talking about and zappa Trump. and it was Hold the same me.
3: kind of thing Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Made to destroy the movement once and for all and make hippies look like deranged drug freaks that would kill all of the nice people. And I believe that ushered in lifestyle politics and lifestyle aesthetics of the 70s. And like what better to and mind you, the credit card was like distributed in 1970 before we didn't have formal credit cards so it's like the manson murders happens in 1969 and then we literally get credit we get credit as american citizens we get credit bitch it's like and it's like don't believe in the thing just buy the coat yep
1: this is actually this is why joan didion was also a psyop and I'll, i'll face that now because that yeah no joan I, didion
3: was for sure a psyop yeah, no
1: yeah, 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 yeah. i
2: love joan didion i'm such a oh so do i but i think some of her no, stuff but, we is love, like, but sh- yeah yeah no what i'm
3: a huge fan and GMC, a PSYOP? okay no god ahead, god ahead, okay go.
1: i have a very love-hate relationship with her as caitlin knows i love that uh, because goodbye to all that uh, makes me cry No, it makes me cry. Every time I read
3: it, it makes me burst into tears. Jail,
1: but I would say that I would say that slouching towards Bethlehem, I think, really toes the line of being like hippies put their kids in ovens, and like there's something happening downtown, and I'm like, you have to pick a side, please, like pick a side. Mm, Interesting. But I think that that I mean, I guess she was very journalistic, and like I can't expect her to be. But
3: then again, the hippies were also a PSYOP. So maybe it was the hippies that were the PSYOP and not Joe Diddy. Yeah, because the right. hippies... Because, actually, yeah. because,
0: yeah. because
2: also, yeah. like, CIA people were fucking Mama Cass. Like, we have to also remember, like, Laurel Canyon Whoa. is a PSYOP, too. Literally. No, literally <laughs> it was all like, a PSYOP. No, it's literally all a PSYOP. And then no. that's why we have Corey Kennedy.
3: No, but literally Jim Morrison's, like, parents were involved with the... uh, Jim Morrison's dad was involved with, like, the military whatever that, like, led to the Vietnam War. And, like, Frank Zappa's dad was, like, a... Frank Zappa's dad was somehow involved with, like, the chemical testing at some kind of, like, military site, like, during Vietnam. Like, <laughs> Zappa and Jim Morrison were, like, full psyops. Like, yeah, like, we need to accept. Like, we love.
1: What else about Joan was We're obsessed. But Joan, beautiful.
3: maybe Joan wasn't. Maybe she was. Maybe she, she wasn't. Maybe you know she what? wasn't. It's maybe it's just the hippies
1: that were, I mean, the she hippies were a, a psyop. She's just a double Sagittarius. I'm not I think, blame them for anything.
3: Man. I just think that Patty Smith was a psyop for no.
2: sure. I don't think Patty Smith was a psyop. I think Patty Smith was like a real poser. Yeah, I think that's, that's
1: the thing.
3: I, I
2: think, think she she's like a, a real hipster poser. I she, yeah,
3: I think she was like yeah. a use, useful idiot. Like she like told everyone to turn inward, and, and the CIA was like, okay,
1: obsessed. Like we love.
2: Well, but it's, it's like, like, sorry, go on. We keep talking. No, you, <laughs> no, I'm more okay. interested.
1: I was gonna, I mean, I just did a bunch of, I just pulled a lot of quotes about people talking about Patti Smith and from Please Kill Me. And it's just so similar to the way that people talked about Corey Kennedy, because they're like, there was something about her. It was so childlike, but also so sexy. I'm like, yeah, fucking, what a, what a hot
2: take. Well, um, I have some insider information on Patty Smith. There we go. Mess up um, teens. Okay,
1: please. Tell us. And Patty
2: Smith was apparently the smelliest girl in New York. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I bet Corey Kennedy was. Too. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, and we stand that. <laughs> I'm probably taking place now. I'm holding the torch of Smelliest girl in New York. It's smelliest
3: girl, New smelliest York, girl
2: it's in New York. I'm girl in New York,
0: darling. Um,
2: but I don't think Patty Smith was a psyop. I do think she was. I think psy. I think the the relentless psyoping of true leftist thought in America created what we know as mm. the hipster. And that's yeah. – it right. It neutralized and neutered actual progressive thought into the Patty Smiths of America, hanging out, thinking the homeless people look cool, not doing yeah. anything <laughs> about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's what's up. I think that's what's up. I can get behind that. Yeah. And I no, think – Yeah, and I think, like, Corey Kennedy was the first – martyr of our generation
1: <laughs> i do she's still alive but she's a martyr no but it's no, like
2: elia Go- it's I mean... like elia gonzalez <laughs> and like literally yeah. fucking Corey kennedy like these are the children that were burnt at the stake for our culture <laughs> i think personally
1: and famously a very it girl thing to happen to you is to be murdered I mean, I think that also
3: Corey Kennedy is, like, one of her more recent photos of her just kind of, like, being entrenched in, like, a duvet, and just, Mm -hmm. like, her very skinny legs are being seen, and she's like, oh, whatever. Like, I think that something that's particularly it, girl, about Corey Kennedy is that she fell into obscurity and stayed in obscurity. At the same time, she was the full embodiment of the moment. So I think those she are, had both those of those things
1: interconnected. I think, like you were saying, she was the martyr, and I believe uh, she went. I think she went down pretty, pretty soon after the market, as most it girls do. You know, they'll they they move with they move with the market.
2: Well, they we, they're it because they they represent. This is the other thing about like being a girl <laughs> is that we're trained to believe we have to reflect the time. Rather, oh, that's
1: really interesting. That oh. that
2: like we're not, and that's like why the advent of like Grimes and Azalea Banks were so interesting, and how I we're moving into like an ageism conversation now because we're trained as women to always reflect the times, but that's not who people are.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We're not not supposed, no. We have voices. We have explicit inner worlds. Grimes and Azealia Banks were beginning to express their inner worlds. They just happened to be on time. Right. Mm -hmm. But then Mm -hmm. it's like, if we start opening a conversation about not obsessing with youth anymore, we actually get to know people. And what they have to say. Which is why I'm excited
1: for the move of um, Saturn and Saturn to Aquarius. Me too. Because that's what's going to happen. My, gonna... my Saturn
2: <laughs> return begins, by the way. Same. Wait, when does,
3: when does Saturn return begin? I'm a little behind you guys. Saturn uh, goes into yours. Aquarius. What happens?
1: Go for it. Oh, you just learn all the lessons that you haven't been learning. No, no, no! But
3: when is that going to happen for me? You
1: got a couple more years. You're okay, because I think we're both in Saturn and Aquarius. And mm-hmm. when, when is it? So
2: I think you're probably start? Saturn Pisces. So it's in. Yeah. But Saturn moves into Aquarius in January, around inauguration day. But it's okay. Um, so I have
3: like I have like a year.
2: I think you have like three. You have three. Because because Saturn's going to be in Aquarius for three years.
3: Yeah. But I'm like.
2: I'm only a year younger than Martha. Yeah, but, but then Saturn. Yeah. But you but there's okay. like a cutoff eventually. <laughs> but I do believe okay, so the Saturn good. return in Aquarius will not be like a painful one, but will be like a liberating one, actually. I agree. I, I think really this feel film that. Is be good. And that I've had a very intense shadow period in the Saturn Capricorn oh. because my Saturn is in the tenth house. <laughs> Oh, your career. I know. I think it's going to be my little moment. Wow.
1: It'll probably be, do you think it's going to be, are you, do you think it's going to be good or are you like, you seem not concerned about.
2: Um, I think it's going to be good because the past three years have been so constricting yeah okay so i think i went through a shadow period of constriction in the capricorn saturn and then i think i'm gonna go through liberation with saturn aquarius you know what i mean yeah because i think because i think since capricorn was in aquarius it was like activating 10th house stuff because the past three years has been like a nightmare in 10th house stuff oh wait
1: yours oh your capricorn is you have a 10th house
2: capricorn no my 10th house is in aquarius and in my Saturn oh but I see because
1: the got it okay,
2: because the 10th right. house was activated by the uh, the Capricorn placement yeah. do you see yeah, what I'm yeah, saying yeah. I get it, right I so guess. it was like the shadow period was like constricting all of my career issues I think yeah, I, I hope so because I can't take another I get it I've learned oh, right. I get it <laughs> I totally get it I get it now True. um I think
1: it's, um, maybe that's why everybody I know who's, like, has a Saturn in Aquarius has been feeling rough the last couple years is because obviously it's still in its, I don't
2: know, it's in, like, a rulership house. It's in a rulership house, but it's the constricting rulership house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And that, like, actually the liberation is in Saturn Aquarius. Totally. And it's new visions, new futures. Mine's about to go right on top of my sun and my mercury, so I'm excited
1: to not talk for.
2: <laughs> but three what house? Ha- what house is it in? Third. I'm not talking, Martha. I don't know what to tell you. What do you mean? I feel like that means that, like you're gonna like learn how to like paint with your toes or something. <laughs> I think that's like cool. Oh, that's interesting. Like I think it's like new, new communication.
1: That's actually way more positive because I've always attributed my Saturn being right next to my Mercury for, like, me having, like, self-doubt over what I say. But I like that turnaround of it's actually going to...
2: But, like, Aquarius is about just new... It's, like, it's about self-doubt, but it's about taking risks. I think Aquarius is, like, a risk-taking position, personally.
3: Yeah, I agree. I like that. That's how I'm I'm seeing it i like that for you. i like that yeah. for you of, like, taking risks in the way that you verbally <laughs> express yourself. Like
2: It's going to be intense, though, but it won't I be. Know. But it might be. I don't know. I don't think, like, I'm at this point where it's like, I can't get any more intense. Like, it's like, even if it gets more intense, it won't feel more intense.
1: Maybe it'll be, it'll be nice to finally, like, maybe we we'll, we're feeling is the lead up to the intensity, and then once we're in it, it's going to be like fine. The shoe yeah. dropping. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm praying, hoping for.
1: <laughs> I don't know how my life could get more intense, but I will. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this, this. Was so
2: fun. I loved it.
1: This was great. This was really fun. Bye.
2: See you. Bye. 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 Bye.